Come on, let's lift our hearts with our hands and love him together. I praise you, King of kings. I worship you, Lord of lords. We bless your holy name, your great and mighty name. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, dear Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, dear Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'm very glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight and to experience all the good things that we have been experiencing each and every day. He's a never-failing God. He's certainly a very present help in a time of need and trouble. He's right there. The Lord is never late. And if he uh, chooses for us to have to wait for a little while, well, then that's for our benefit. And we want to have good faith in our God. And everybody said amen. amen. Well, let's give our God a big hand together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You have a Bible. I'm turning to John's account of the gospel, chapter 11. John, chapter 11. Beginning with verse 1, now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, Behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still, in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go, that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought, that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, <laughs> Lazarus is dead, 
almost like, got that, fellas? Okay. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Everybody said, hallelujah. Please notice the next verse or two. Then said, Tar uh, <laughs> then said Thomas, I wanted to put two names together, I almost did. I, I think I was going to say, then said Marvin Thomas. Anyway, <clears throat> which is called Didymus unto his fellow disciples. Doesn't that sound just like Marvin? Talking to all the guys. Let us also go that we may die with him. Got it all kinds of mixed up. Like I said, sounds just like Marv. <clears throat> then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to, Mary, to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Everybody said hallelujah. All right. I, uh, I want to simply minister for a little while on wait on the Lord who is right. You may be seated. Maybe a good, a good uh, subtitle would be we don't need any armchair quarterbacks. Now, I'm not into sports at all. Another way of saying that is we're not into any second guessers. We don't need any gainsayers. In other words, wait on the Lord because he's right. And the Lord is never wrong. He never makes a mistake, he never fails, and he's always on time. But he's not on your time, he's on his time. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. As the heavens is above the earth, so are his ways above our ways. And he takes care to see that the rain comes and that the vegetation is watered and turns green and Productive and yields what it should yield so that man can eat. He takes care of all of that. He set up things. You don't have to worry about the setup that the Lord has arranged. It's right and it works. But there are people that are forever questioning him. Ever, forever coming up with some kind of, uh, you know, one fella said, uh, do you suppose that God could make a rock so heavy that he couldn't lift it? Huh? Come again? Did you think of that all by yourself? Or did you stay up many hours? Did you surf the Internet to come up with that? It's like the fellow that said, well, if you have to be baptized to be saved, then what happens if we're out in the middle of the desert and there's no water? and we can't baptize that person, and then they die. Surely they'll be saved, and God will allow them to make it. Once again, did you stay up all night to figure that out? 
Why not stop and say, duh, God is the one that can make water and has come out of a rock. God can do anything. He made the iron swim. He divided the Red Sea. And on and on and on, your Bible teaches you over and over and over again that God does not fail and that God is the miraculous God. He has wondrous things to show you, wondrous things that he performs. Just need to wait on him and believe that he's right, that what he does and what he allows is right. You are limited in your understanding. There are things that you have not yet gotten your mind's understanding open to yet. The eyes of your understanding have not yet been enlightened. But, oh, we're real good about second-guessing. Hey, uh, Jesus, you know, uh, uh, he stinks. Martha said he's, he's been dead. Lazarus has been dead for four days. Ew, he stinks. You know? She had all kinds of natural reasons why not. How much better to reach for the spiritual reasons why he will do it. One young man said to the pastor when they were having evangelistic and revival, and, and he said um, the young man was just feeling really full of faith. And he said, why don't we announce a healing service that everybody that's sick or knows anybody should bring them and that God will heal them? And so the pastor said, well, what, what if he doesn't? And the young evangelist said, what if he does? And you know what? You don't have to put a question mark on the end of that. It's what if he does? Because he's going to do it. He's not going to fail. Not going to leave you twisting in the wind. Not going to leave you where you're dangling somewhere. I'm telling you, this God that we serve is a God of miracles. He's a God of power. He's a God of glory. You just need to put your faith in him. You need to trust him. You need to obey him. Maybe the Lord just decided that we'll wait a few more days here and let Lazarus get good and stinky. Let the situation really marinate. So that, as it is written in the book of Acts, a notable miracle that was performed upon an individual. It was notable because everybody in town knew this dude. Everybody knew that he was unable to walk. Everybody knew that every day at the same time, family or friends carried him down to a certain place where he could beg as they came up the steps going to the church house, that he could take alms there. Everybody knew it. And here comes the apostles. Here they come, friend, and they're going up their temple, the church house, for the hour of prayer. Everybody knew it was prayer time around 9 o'clock in those parts. And so as they're headed up the stairs, this fella's begging alms. This guy's looking for a little money. And Peter said, I don't have any of that. But what I got, I'll give to you. And he could have put in parentheses, and what I got is far better. 
And so, of course, he brought the healing to the man in the name of Jesus Christ. And it was a notable miracle. And the man leaped up. He began to shout. He began to praise. He began to worship. He didn't do that if you gave him a few dollars. But, friend, what he got through the church, what he got from Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, that was done. Just wait on the Lord and believe him because he's right. He's right. Jesus was speaking in one place. He said, he asked him, he said, is it because you cannot understand my speech? I can tell you that sometimes that um, in speaking to some, I've often wondered if maybe I was speaking in Martian because it wasn't getting comprehended. It just wasn't getting through. You know, everybody says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then about, you know, two, two days later, they're doing the very thing that you told them not to do. And it makes you wonder, am I thinking in English and speaking in Martian? What's going on here? And I think Jesus felt that way. I told some, a preacher or somebody connected the other day, I said, if, if God had a hat, I believe he'd take it off and stomp on it through frustration. Just so upset sometimes. And he tells us things. He says things. His word is loaded with instruction for us. And it's important that we trust him, that what he said is going to come to pass. How he said it, how he planned it. He's not running off. He's not uh, going to disappear on you, do a disappearing act. He's going to be right where he said he's going to be. And he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. How many were scratching their head over Lazarus and, and Mary, but Mary just sat still. How good it is to get a place to where you can sit still, where you can calm down, where you can feel the peace of God where you can trust and wait on him and know that he's working on it and his timing will be right it will be right he's not he's not making a mistake he's not he's not failing here you trust the Lord you ask the Lord you pray to the Lord and you you'll see what he will do you just have to pray in faith though you have to wait in faith. You can't, you know, get all the jitters and throw your faith out the window and, and just because it didn't happen like that. You know, uh, Jesus struggled with uh, unbelief. He struggled with not only with himself in the days of his flesh, but with the people that surrounded him. He called it a faithless generation. He struggled against that to try to overcome it to try to teach people. And uh, there was a time when, when Jesus prayed for somebody in particular. He prayed for a lot of people. But in particular, he prayed for a, a blind man. Now, I know that Marvin is very convinced that if Jesus prayed for him, that'd be it. Boop, them eyes would be open. Right, Marvin? Yes, sir. That's right. Sure you, sure you think that. But the funny thing about it is Jesus prayed for him and the and the guy said, well, I'm not quite seeing right. And, and, you know, you're like, excuse me? Say what? He said, uh, how do you see? And he said, well, it looks like men look like trees walking. I, I don't know. It's not very clear. Uh, kind of fuzzy. And uh, So, you know, um, how, how do you figure that one out? Do we blame Jesus? 
Or did he have a, did he have a slow day, a bad day? He had something for breakfast that interfered? You know, how do you explain that? How can you figure that out? Was there a, is, is, there, is there something that when he, as our chief example, God come in the flesh, and that he had a, had a case, at least one that I'm highlighting, I can think of others, but that here he has said the word, he has prayed for this guy, and he's expecting this guy to be able to see just like that, and he's not seeing it. I mean, it didn't happen. You know, when, you, when you're walking by faith and you're praying and you're believing by faith, and the first thing that happens when, let's say, the preacher, the pastor, makes a statement, whether it's about stand up and be healed or any such related thing, the first thing that's going to happen is every devil in hell is going to attack everybody in the congregation. You know, when that's the moment to rise up in faith. That's the moment to leap in faith. That's the moment to claim it, not to doubt it, not to allow a spirit to come right in there and bog down your mind. Here's Jesus. Jesus is coming down the road. Jesus has waited to the exact right moment, and he's coming to see about his friend Lazarus. That he's already said he's not, he's not unto death. This is not a sickness unto death. I'm telling you, and you know the disciples are scratching their heads. Guy's deader than a doornail. What are you talking about? And pretty soon we don't, you know, you don't realize it, but you're you're questioning leadership. <laughs> you're, you're questioning the man of God. You're creating doubt. You should be asking yourself, why am I doing that? You need to read that spirit that is trying to find a way in to your heart and to the rest of the disciples. Hearts. Now, to go back to the blind guy, Jesus Jesus said, well, we've got to show some tenacity here. We've got to show some, some strength. And uh, so he just said, okay. He said, we're going to pray again. You mean he had to pray a second time? Yeah, he had to pray. Now, if he had to pray a second time, that must mean I need to go about 200 times. After all, he had the full glass. He was fullness of the Spirit dwelled in him bodily. Okay? You and I get a half a glass. We get the gift of the Holy Ghost. We get this by measure. In him dwelled the fullness without measure. Okay? All right. So he's our example. So he didn't stop. He didn't quit. He didn't doubt. He showed us, you pray again. And so he prayed again. And at the same time, he made the man look up. So quoted tonight, set your affections on things that are above, up. Get your mind off of earthly questions which gender strife. Is that the only thing you can birth is strife and foolish questions? Or can you be a person that speaks faith, that helps people to look up and consequently to receive what they have need of? This man then was completely healed after he looked up and Jesus prayed the second time. And this man said, I see all men clearly. What a rejoicing day when people start seeing things clearly. When you're no longer speaking Martian, but they're getting it clearly, that it's, it's coming through here. How nice it is when somebody 
stumbles in here out of the dark, and suddenly they begin to see the light. And they begin to realize, hey, you know, I've been stumbling around in the dark for a long time. Look at this marvelous light. I have an opportunity here. I can repent of my sins. I can be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ and have all my sins forgiven. Way back to when I was just a little fellow and took that bubble gum or took this or did that or talked back or said a bad word or whatever, all the way up to the present time. Everything, without number, the things that I did wrong, I can be completely forgiven. It will be fully pardoned and sent away and remembered. No more. Isn't that something? So a person comes to that light and they begin to act on that in faith. They then, <clears throat> coming up out of the waters of baptism, from that moment on, they have the opportunity to receive this great gift of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the Lord being sent into their heart, their mind, crying, Abba, Father. And they become a son or a daughter of God. How great and marvelous that is. Everybody said amen. I'm telling you, God wants to hear you speak words of faith. No wonder, no wonder that God sends forth His Spirit into a believing heart and, and confirms that that's a believing heart by he himself speaking through that person in another tongue or languages, language as his spirit gives you others. Because the Lord said, I'm going to have to do this myself to get it straight. Because if I leave it to them, they're going to mess it all up. So I'm going to have to show them I'm in control. I'm going to birth this child myself. I'm going to bring this newborn babe into the body of Christ. And I'm going to confirm myself that this is a believing heart because I'm going to judge that. I'm going to weigh that out. And I will make the judgment call. And believe me, it's a judgment call. And he looks at it, he judges it, and he's the judge of all the earth. And he judges it. And if he judges you to be believing and sincere in your heart, he's coming in. And he's going to speak through you to where you will confess with your mouth. That Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Amen. And that, my friend, is Acts 2.38 in just saying it a different way. Amen. So Jesus is coming to town. He's got a bunch of doubting Thomases following him, grumbling and questioning him, not understanding, dull and, you know, Told you the Bible said about the seed falling upon the rocks. People got rocks in their head. And he just absolutely had these disciples like a weight pulling them along. And they're questioning everything on the way. Well, we could be doing this, could be doing that, could be doing the other. I'll tell you, if Elijah was here, yeah, yeah. If Elijah was here, he called fire down fire from heaven. That's what he'd do. <laughs> and they, you know, they actually said that to him one day. They said that to Jesus. He said, would you have us? You know, they're wanting him to give them the power. Would you, would you have us to call down fire from heaven? Because, you know, they were looking at you funny. They were looking at you wrong. And Jesus said, you don't know what manner of spirit you are of. You still don't understand. You're still not comprehending. I'm trying to get this through to you. Wake up. Pay attention. You know, 
It's one thing when you're four, five, six, eight, nine, and ten years old. But after a while, folks, you know, you're either losing your hair or it's turning gray. Let's go here, you know. Come on now. Got to sit up a little straighter, got to pay a little more attention, got to apply ourselves a little better, and got to wait in faith on the Lord. It's no good to pray if you're not believing. You've got to pray in faith. You've got to believe God. You've got to listen to the preaching that will perfect that which is lacking in your faith. It will complete it. It will complete what's lacking. Amen. Amen. Everybody said, praise the Lord. And so Jesus comes to town, dragging his weights with him. And, uh, and then he gets a full frontal attack. Here comes Martha. And he's like, hi, Martha. It's nice to see you, too. And, uh, you know, he begins to talk to her about Lazarus rising from the dead because she's all been out of shape because if you'd have been here, like he didn't have anything else to do, if you'd have been here, didn't you hear me ring the bell? Didn't you, didn't you see that I pushed the button? Come on, I tweeted you. I was all over Facebook. Where you been? If you'd have been here, this wouldn't have happened. My brother wouldn't be dead. Don't worry about it. He's fixing to rise again. I know he's going to rise in the resurrection. Well, I think about that time he decided maybe it's just time to level her a little bit. So he just said, woman, he said, I am the resurrection. How do you like them apples? I am the resurrection. He Like he told the other woman, if you knew who you were talking to, you might be a little more respectful and you might show some faith, and you might calm down so that something good could take place right about now. Amen. You know, he can, he can calm the stormy seas. What about your stormy sea of a spirit? What about calming you down to where you can begin to think Spiritually, which I would think means rationally, you know, and you can begin that, hey, you know what, I believe I, I believe he's trying to talk to me. You think? I believe he's trying to get a message across to me. Maybe I ought to just button up here for a minute, including the muttering and the rolling of the eyes. Nobody does that around here. But, uh, you know, he, he's trying to get me a word here. He's trying to help me. He's, he's come to town. And he didn't come here to play patty cake because you don't cast devils out playing patty cake, do you? Do you think that the devil wants to be casted out? Or, or do you think he's going to hang on with every claw he's got because he knows that he's going to the wrong place when he goes out? He's gone into great darkness and great misery. And you might want to show the same stubbornness about that as the devil, the devils do. You might want to hang on to your salvation. You might want to get a good grip on your faith. 
You might want to appreciate and raise the bar of appreciation a little higher for what all the Lord has done, what all the church has done, what all the leadership is doing. You might want to get that level up a little bit and say, hey, I'm not letting go of this. I'm not going out of here. I'm not absolutely going to allow the enemy to steal what I've got. Yes. You've got a chance, an eternal chance here, to repent of your sins, to be baptized in Jesus' name and to receive the Holy Ghost. And then to, we don't just save you, but we will keep you saved. We will keep you saved. You hear me? Amen. But you know, we got a head being lifted up speaks a little bit of cooperation, doesn't it? And, and we've got a, somebody that needs to button it up a little bit, you know, and listen. And then we have Jesus coming to somebody that's settled into a faith and a belief and waiting on his word. And that's when he called for Mary. And when she heard that he called, she went, obediently. And then they went to the grave. And that's when Jesus called Lazarus forth after he prayed. An example. An example. You say, well, he could have just spoke the word at any time. Example to you. Why it's written that he was, it was not, thought it not robbery to be equal with the Spirit keeping that flesh that he had to contend with under. He had to keep that dead and dormant. He had to be an example. Can I tell you that about the time that God does something, you come along and mess the whole thing up because you get a big head, you know, just get the big head, just, you know, uh, look at me and, and, you know, God did the smallest little thing, and, and you think it was the greatest thing beyond um, appreciation. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about getting that big head, and these are the tricks of the enemy. This is what he's going to do. You know, I saw a guy one time used in one of the least of the gifts, and least because it's so easy for the human spirit to uh, imitate it. And obviously it had been used one time to give forth an utterance. And so when he came, I had never seen this guy before. And I went, it was a special service in a church, uh, one of our churches in another state, and I was invited to it. And I went, and so I'm, I'm just sitting there, and all of a sudden, friend, it was peacock strutting time. And this guy came down the center aisle, and you'd have thought that he was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all rolled up in one. Peter, James, and John, and Paul. And I was just looking, and, you know, my little discernment meter was going, and, and uh, I said, okay. And I knew, I said, at every moment that he can find in this service, he is going to try to strut his stuff. He didn't come to church to worship God. He didn't come to church to hear the preaching of God's Word. He didn't come to church for somebody to get the Holy Ghost. He came to church to show out. That was his only motivation. You ever read your Bible where if you do a certain thing in a certain way, even fasting, 
and, and, and you just want everybody to know we had a kid one time, I think he fasted three hours, and the whole time he was singing on the platform. That's your reward. If anybody said, he went three whole hours. Well, that's his reward. You're not getting nothing from God. You just blew all that. You know, you go fasting anything more than three days, friend, you go talking about it. You just lost your spiritual reward. Okay? So you might want to think about, I asked, my pastor one time, I said, what was the longest you ever fasted? He said, who was counting? And then he said, you're only trying to get God's attention, not anybody else's. You might want to keep that in mind. It's not about building up yourself. It's not about making yourself a reputation. You know, I'm telling you, the enemy is looking for any way to trip up the good thing that God's trying to do. Okay? Everybody said amen. If you're a new person here tonight, I'm sorry you walked in on this one. <laughs> Didn't plan it, but here I am. Amen. I want, I want the Holy Ghost to work. I want God's presence in this place and in this coming week. I want it. But I'm warning you, if you get the big head and you get to strutting around like a peacock, then you're just going to mess it all up for yourself and probably for most of us, all right? And if you gender questions or give questions, foolish questions that just gender a lot of strife, you're just going to mess everything up. And then going to go away wondering, I wonder why God doesn't do that anymore. You'll have answered your own question because we have to jack up the roof to get you in and out of the church house because your head is so big. Over one little eensy beensy teeny weeny thing that God did, you know. Listen, there are great and mighty things that you know not. There are things that God will do, and He wants to do. If He can find us cooperative, if He can find us faithful, if we're willing to wait on God's timing, whether it's for your initial experience with salvation or whether it's what God does through the church after you're in the church. And everybody said amen. And everybody said praise the Lord. So you have good faith in God, and you give glory to God, and you believe God. And Martha, you sit down and shut up. And Mary, you come here. And off they went to the graveside, and Jesus prayed and groaned. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get up pretty early for prayer and I have to work on myself because, you know, I'm, I'm like, my eyes are feeling a little heavy. Mom, where's the toothpaste? Well, I can't ask her because she's sleeping. So, you know, got to get them eyes open. Got to get that mind awake. You know, we're human. We have battles to fight. But we've got to fight the good fight of faith. There's much at stake. We've got to motivate ourselves. And we can't afford to settle down on our our comfortable little seats. We all have to get up and get with it and go for God and have a good spirit and a good attitude. And everybody said amen. One of the worst things you can do is it be all about you. Draw attention to yourself. That is not what you want to do. You want all the glory to go to him. 
All the glory to go to God. Easy to clap about that. Easy to say amen. But it's another thing to actually do it. It's another thing to catch yourself when you're drifting from that or to take correction when you are told that you're drifting from that and when you're running your mouth. Now, we don't have anybody here has a big mouth. I do. Who, me? You know, I told you about that. That preacher and his wife, and uh, could have just as well been just a married couple in the church. And he said that uh, they were they'd been fussing. And he said, uh, so finally, one side of the argument that said, "I'm going fast." And so a week went by, and the fussing meter began to drop. It wasn't fussing so much. And the meter wasn't quite even deflecting, just a little bit. But enough, that decision was made, well, I'm going to go another week. So the other half said, well, if you're going another week, I'm going another week. Boy, the meter jumped on that one. And, uh, and so at the end of three weeks, they wasn't fussing anymore because their tongue was too dry. Their mouth was like cotton, and their strength was drained physically from their body. <laughs> so nobody wanted to fuss anymore. So maybe sometimes. When we're having these thing moments, just need to push back the plate a little bit. Just need to get that flesh on the subjection. Okay? Everybody said amen? Everybody said praise the Lord? Boy, you really walked into it tonight, didn't you? Now, here I came up here to preach this really soft, simple message, happy-go-lucky, and look at me. I'm just tearing the place up. Well, the Holy Ghost will slip up on you, and I'm going to have to lay it off on him. <laughs> Amen. Slipped up on me. But uh, there are so many good things I'm trying to tell you on the horizon. And Jesus is coming to town, folks, and he's coming to heal. He's coming to save. He's coming to pour out his spirit. He's absolutely He's not going to turn the town upside down. He's going to turn it right side up. It's already upside down with all kinds of sin and nastiness. But he's going to turn it right side up. He's going, to, he's going to put things in order. And if he has to come through the church house and give the pastor the whip, and turn the tables over a little bit, and remind everybody that this is a house of prayer, not a den of thieves, okay? We're not here to steal from God. We're not here to steal his glory. We don't want to do that. What a marvelous moment it was when his voice rang out and said, Lazarus, come forth. And friend, old Lazarus, come hopping out of there. And Jesus said, let's make it a little easier on him. Uh, undo the, the ropes there. Undo the napkins. Let him walk free. You know, God wants you to walk free. He doesn't want you to be bound by spirits of alcohol. He doesn't want you. Somebody said, I just can't help myself. That's right. You can't help yourself. You need God's help through the church. You need the Word of God. You need to be delivered from a spirit 
that is interfering in your life, a devil that is bound and determined for you to die an alcoholic and go to hell. And you've got to hear me when I tell you the church doesn't have any money to throw at you, but what we've got, friend, is what you need. We've got it. We know we've got it because we've been delivered from it. And that and many other things. And you need to believe that. You need to have faith in that. You need to wait on God's word and believe what he says. And if God has chosen this time in your life to do it, then you better readily embrace it and say, okay, God, okay, here I am. Let's go for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. So quit with the questions and quit with the doubt. Quit with the nonsense. And let's trust God. Let's believe God. Let's wait on God. And let's wait in faith and act in faith. And we will see his glory. Is it not written to ask of him, call unto him, and he will answer and show us great and mighty things that we know not? I tell Marvin all the time, he can get an A in calculus, but after that, it's all downhill, friend. Bless his little heart. Don't worry about Marvin. I whip on him all the time. It's because he needs it. That's why he's still here. Everybody said Amen. Well, if you can't take it, you won't make it. <laughs> Amen. Besides, it'll make you think twice about opening your mouth next time. Might get a whooping. Everybody said hallelujah. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Let's love the Lord together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, dear God. I give you praise and glory and honor. You are the God of gods and the King of kings. You're so mighty and so holy. Wash us, I pray, in your precious blood. Anoint our minds. Deliver us from foolishness, God. I praise you, God. The thought of foolishness is sin. Deliver us, O oh God, again and again and again from our foolish ways and our foolish thoughts, O oh God. I give you praise, Jesus Christ. Have patience with us. Have mercy on us. Give us the strength and the victory. Help us to grow up in grace and in knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, God, to speak words of faith. Help me not to be a busybody, Lord. Help me not to have to know everybody else's business. Rather, that I would learn about your business, God. That I would be about your business, holy God, holy Savior, mighty King. In Jesus' name. You know, you can talk your way into the church or you can talk your way out of it. You might want to think about that. Let's make our words sweet and spiritual and about God. Let's speak often one to another about the things of the Lord so that our name will get put in that book of remembrance. And believe me, that's the book you want to be concerned about along with the book of life. And everybody said amen. Don't be so worried about the Facebook. Think you need to get your face out of that book and get your face in this book. Amen. And I'll tell you what, if if there's a good way, somebody told me the other day about they got on Facebook and they, I guess through Facebook you tweet. Is that right? I don't know. They did some. I don't know who's got a phone, but please throw it in the canal and let's go forward here. 
Okay, God bless you. Anybody can forget. But um, they said they got on there and they said they begin to tell about the reach and begin to share what all God was doing right here in Belle Glade. Well, you know what I say? Let the world, let the word go around the world. A good word, a spiritual word. If Facebook could be used for that, hallelujah. I, I was happy to hear something positive. Really was. Because I'm going to tell you what, people can get on there and they can send all the negative stuff around the world. How much better to send a positive word, a spiritual word. Look what the Lord is doing. Amen. Look what's happening in the AIDS capital of the world. A good word, a good work, healings, deliverance, salvation, the great things of God. Amen. Amen. Well, speaking of a good word, let me see if I can read this to you because I have been neglectful to share good news. and I'm the guy that's supposed to give good news, right? All right, thank you. So, uh, we've decided on forever and forever begins when we, Sabi and Charles, Pledge our love as one on Saturday, the ninth day of April, 2011, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at the Rock Church of Jesus Christ in Fort Myers, Florida. Everybody said, praise the Lord. You know, I'm happy when God puts people together in the church. I'm real happy about that. I hope you're happy about that. Have you never read? <laughs> Amen. I mean, being the Bible scholars that we are, have you never read to rejoice with them that rejoice? Amen. Now that's in the Bible just like Acts 2.38 is in the Bible. Sure it is. Some of you aren't going to get to go, though, because some of you, thankfully, are going to be at reach, and I appreciate that. So, you will need to see me if you think you want to go, okay? Because we do have a priority, and we've made them aware of that. And uh, that just happened to be the way that the dates fell. So, um, but you can certainly be happy with them. You can rejoice with them. And uh, that's, that's a really good thing to do. But what about, well, what about, oh, there's those foolish questions again. But what about you shut up? Oh, that works real good. That'll work real good. That'll work real good. If you want to open your mouth, open it in prayer. God, give them a beautiful union. God, give them a Holy Ghost life. God, use them for your glory. There's one more verse, but only Marvin can pray that one. Give me a wife. Well, I'm getting a little worried about Marvin. He's coming to that dreaded age of 30, and we got the cane ready, and and uh, at 40, he gets a coffin, and so, you know, come on, girls. Somebody step up to the mark here. Man, oh, man, oh, man. He's not that bad. He can play the saxophone. I don't know. Do you make a mean, a mean chili or anything? I mean, uh, Brother Williams does. We got Chef Williams over here. Yeah, every woman has got a cook in the house, you know, that can make dinner for her. That's nice, huh? Boy, 
Now the woman come home and throw her feet up and say, what's for dinner, honey? <laughs> hmm? And get an answer. Well, there's chili and there's, you know, this and there's that. It's nice, very nice. Okay. Okay. Hey, you know, we're going to baptize some people tonight, believe it or not. And um, you never know what, how a service is going to go, do you? Never know. But uh, I hope you're glad you were here. And trust me, you needed it because God sent it. No forethought. I don't have any notes here, nothing. Just my Bible. That's it. Okay? I didn't stay home. I, you know, my wife didn't have to tell me on the way up here to say something sweet. And me living in the middle of sugarcane country, she didn't have to tell me to say something sweet. I could have, though, like the preacher that was going to the pulpit one day and his, and his wife saw a look on his face and she said, honey, say something sweet. So he got up in the pulpit and he said, sugar! And then he preached. <laughs> well, see, I didn't have to do that, did I? All right. You know my words are sugar-coated, right? Okay. All right. How can they not be in the sugarcane country? And you know that word sugarcane's in the Bible, by the way. But you know, yes, it is. It's in there. All right. Sweet cane, I believe it says. Okay. Um, if, if you think you can, we might sing a little bit. And uh, you may unbutton your lips to sing for God. And the rest of us will do the same thing. Why don't we take a moment, lift our hearts with our hands, and let's begin to make our way to the front. All the ladies over here and all the men over here, we're glad you're here tonight. Believe me, we are. We love you. We're here to worship him. I lift your heart with your hands. Love him. 